Hey folks, Steve Rizzo here, and welcome to Hey, I'm Talking Here. This is a show about empowerment. This is a show that will take you to a better place personally and professionally. This show is brought to you by Conversations with Bob, which is my new book that was released oh, maybe four months ago. It's getting wonderful reviews. And uh, if you would like to purchase a copy of the book, yourinnerbob.com. Uh, we got a great show. Uh, we really do. And uh, Pat Hazel will be on the show uh, very soon. Hey, punk. I'm talking here. Go ahead. Make my day. Before we introduce Pat, uh, right now it's time for the Rizzo Memo segment of the day. The Rizzo Memo. Memo. This, hot off the presses, new news memo. Did you know that studies have shown that people who make a conscious choice every day to enjoy themselves during the process of whatever it is they're trying to achieve are more creative, more productive, able to bounce back a lot faster from life's challenges and find solutions to problems a lot quicker. But the greatest benefit of enjoying the process, folks, is that it generates a massive amount of positive energy. You want to know what that energy is called? It's called passion and enthusiasm. And both are very contagious and both are pathways towards creativity and success. Why? Because they derive from your higher nature. As a matter of fact, the word enthusiasm comes from the Greek word enthos, meaning the God within. It comes down to this. The unexpected is always waiting for you on any given day. Countless outside factors can either make or ruin your day, foil your goals and dreams, and stifle creativity. So to me, it just makes sense to seize control of what you can. And whether you, throughout the course of a day, whether you're in like a, an up or a down mood, always remind yourself constantly that true happiness and inner peace is your number one priority. Your attitude throughout the day evolves around that. And blessing the things that life has given you rather than cursing what life is currently throwing at you puts you on that path to happiness and, and the ability to enjoy the day. So when times are tough, you need to understand that it's really the passion and enthusiasm that pushes you to go that extra mile. It's passion and enthusiasm that propel you into a zone where you feel confident, courageous, and victorious. Failure is not an option, and every mistake is viewed as a do-over. So when something doesn't turn out the way that you want or the way that it's planned, you don't even consider defeat. You're in such a high state of mind that you're saying to yourself, okay, all right, wait a minute, that didn't work, but I know I can turn this around. Who can I go to that can help me with this? I know that there is something within me that can meet this challenge head on, and I'm going for it. And I will leave you with this. When you hold on to your vision with passion and enthusiasm, you will access, you will access a higher uh, guidance system, which will lead you to a pathway of new circumstances, opportunities, and serendipitous events. So you really have to do whatever it takes to make sure that that flame of passion and enthusiasm is always burning. And if you do, I promise that you will come to know what truly creative, successful, and happy people have come to know. That passion and enthusiasm are forces that will always, always, always take you to a better place. And that's the uh, that's the Rizzo Memo. Uh, conversations with Bob, a timeless 
entertaining dialogue for living an extraordinary life, starring Bob and Bernie. Uh, Bernie is uh, lives in the negative zone, and he represents everybody on this planet, regardless of race, religion, social status, political point of view. Every one of us experiences Bernie's ups and downs in negative ways at some point throughout various stages of our lives. Bob is the antidote to to uh, Bernie's incessive negativity. It's all dialogue, and uh, the book is about you have a choice to either listen to what your inner Bernie saying, or you can listen to what your inner Bob says. Uh, it's entertaining, and uh, it's pretty profound, and it took me eight, seven or eight years to to write, and uh, that's all I'm going to say about that, and it's time for me to introduce our special guest. Pat Hazel is a stand-up comedian and one of the original writers of NBC's Seinfeld. It's a shame that show never made it. <laughs> He's a Tonight Show's veteran, a critically acclaimed playwright, and contributed commentator to National Public Radio. And Pat is also the host for the very popular podcast, Creativity in Captivity. His 35-plus years as a writer, director, and producer have made him the go-to guy for custom theatrical entertainment. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Pat Hazel. From his from his room. That's what it is nowadays. There's no studio. There's just a, everybody in their room. Pat, you know, um, I, I've heard your name so many times throughout the course of my career. And uh, we met a while back at, uh, I think it was National Speakers Association Conference a few times. Um, Never had uh, a great deal of time to talk, but uh, your name is always buzzing around. And I I think what, uh, how I related to you more than maybe most people is that we both make transitions in our lives uh, from stand-up comedy to to what we do now today. And I I think you might have gone through what I went through from my peers. Like, what the hell are you doing? Why why are you doing this? You should, what, what you're doing so well at what you're doing and you were on the Tonight Show, and you did this, and you did that, and now you're doing this. But um, I believe that there was something in your heart that just guided you uh, to go in the direction that you knew you were going in. I- unaware on how it was going to end up, but I always tell people, man, if, if it's in your heart, follow it. You can't go wrong, regardless of the ups and downs. So if, if, if you can, if you could tell us about the transformation you made from stand-up comedy to playwright to producer, director, and now hosting your own podcast. Uh, I, explain that to the audience. Well, I, I can. It's funny. I don't look at it as um, necessarily transformational or uh, as a transition. But co- what became the clarity was I was coming into something. There was some fluidity. So there's a creative flow that I realized, oh, that's what I like about that. That's what oh, being a stand-up comic is being creative with words and finding laughter and bringing joy to people. But this is another form of it. So it really was a, a subtraction art uh, each time looking at maybe where I was geographically or what age I was at and saying, oh, how can I apply my creative sense, my voice, my sense of humor to a new thing? So I never looked at it as sort of getting off one horse and getting on another. I just thought, oh, how am I going to ride this horse and where am I going to ride this horse now? So I'm not in the desert anymore. I'm in the mountains and now I'm crossing a stream. So 
I look at it as a little bit more fluid and each step of it made me more aware, for example, that I'm, that I was a producer, even when I was a kid doing magic tricks, even though I was practicing magic and doing comedy and learning to juggle, all of those were grooming me to be a better producer, solving problems, logistically writing a script, putting, figuring out what the costume is, where do the props go? All of that is producing in a way. And most people who are a one-person show, whether that's a speaker or a comic or a songwriter, don't realize that they are using a lot of their producing skills to write the song, get it get it recorded. Do like Each one of those is a logistical problem-solving thing. So I feel like I had ahas along the way, and, and I'll definitely acknowledge that, that moving from stand-up comedy in clubs to doing a one-man show meant that I was moving into theaters and performing art centers. That felt a little better. I didn't have to apologize for the act before me. I didn't have to worry about selling drinks. I was just concentrating on what what it was I was, what I had to share. And that became, that started allowing my messaging to become clearer. Obviously, this new podcast is focused very much on creativity and the creative process. And that that was born from the pandemic taking all the venues away. So while I didn't have a venue, I thought, oh, subtract who I have, I have a voice. What do I like most? I like talking to creative people. As a creative consultant for films and plays and other things, I thought, this is the part that gives me joy is being on the phone with a guy like you or someone else to say, how do we solve this problem? Well, how do we make something new and cool? And I thought, I don't have to stop doing that, but maybe I could share it Maybe I could be of service to people who would like to sit in on that conversation. And I feel like that's, if there's a gift to come out of this, it's that everything got put on pause. I would not have started a podcast. Uh, It's not something that I was in my wheelhouse. But now that I'm involved in it, I realize, oh, this is a really interesting medium, which is of my interest. So people who don't want to listen to this or talk about it, they're not going to tune in. But we're building a creative community of people who have other things to share. And I think maybe you've been on, uh, listened to a few things, but the disciplines are so different from an aerial choreographer to a ventriloquist to a filmmaker to, you know, a guy that is is, um, restoring dinosaurs for science and history museums. They don't seem to have a lot in common, but the common denominator is that they're all using that creative connection. They're exploring something they're passionate about, all the things they that you talk about are really at the core, the courage to create. That's what it is. So, right. you know, it, it feels like to me, that's, a, that's where I feel at home. And over time, it's just finding closer to home. Where is that? And stand up. I really enjoy still to enjoy it when I get a chance, but I disguised it when I moved it into the theater. It's I'm still storytelling. I'm still getting laughs. It's just happening in a, in a theatrical environment. And then I started to realize, oh, I'm pretty good at writing it. I don't always have to be the performer. So putting in the form of dialogue and putting it in a play was another way of achieving that. And then it didn't always have to be my material. I thought, oh, as a director, maybe I can infuse humor or better storytelling by guiding someone. And that was in a long form in plays. But then when I started doing commercials, it was like, oh, this is just another story. And it has to be told in 60 seconds or 30 seconds or 15 seconds. So where's the laugh? Where's the heart? Where's the story? 
in, in a way, you still carry that toolkit with you no matter what you do. Yeah. 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 I, I love that what you said. And I, what I find amazing, you know, as, as you get older, you start realizing how your life is just forming perfectly in full circle. And the things that you once questioned, like, for example, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a teacher, an English teacher for two years, and I loved it. And I was a counselor for kids with behavioral problems, and I loved it. I, I just, I, I loved it. And then when I was getting into, uh, I, I, at night, I was making extra money as a stand-up on Long Island and in city clubs, and I started really delving into that. And then I started questioning myself, well, you're going to leave the teaching thing. You, you went to so many years of college to do that. Now you're doing this. And then I'm thinking, what? I, there was a point where I was thinking it was, wasted time. Why did I do that? And then I became a stand-up comedian. And then from comedian, I became a motivational speaker. And then from there, I became an author and a writer. And then you realize at some point in your life, it was never a waste of time. You needed those. Those are the strategies and the tools that I use to do what I'm doing right now, the stand-up, the team. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm able to do the two things that I love. And plus something I never thought I would do is write books. So it's funny how life just comes in full circle and those things that you once questioned, sometimes the answers don't come until 30 years later. 30 yeah, years later. And I think probably your listener is very much like us, right? There's somebody in pursuit of learning and growing and discovering. And I always just live life in anticipation that something cool is going to happen today. And it's my job to observe and find it. Where is it? And then when I find it, I go, is that it? Or is there something cooler coming this yeah. afternoon? You know, so it's definitely about living in the present and keeping that sense of wonder alive, which, you know, I've talked about in other shows that I do and so forth. But boy, imagine if you could make a guest list of all the cool people you wanted to talk to and you could spend an hour with them. That's what the captivity part of creativity and captivity was. It wasn't about being stuck in in the pandemic. It was about holding a creative person captive and studying them for an hour and then letting them back into the wild, right? Wow. So so I started at the top. I just went to the chief creative officer of Pixar, and he gave me an hour of his time. I went to Frank Oz, who was Jim Henson's partner, and we can, we could talk about how and why they do what they do. And that, I got to say selfishly, is a super cool creative seat to sit in, is to send out these sort of curiosity dates and find out and learn from everybody. So I'm not the expert on it. I'm just facilitating a conversation. And I try to do it as a conversation and not not an interview because I don't I feel like I want it to go in any direction they're interested in and less about finding out about what their history is. I feel like you can always look up Google somebody or look their resume up. I always feel like hmm, I, if I had a chance to talk to somebody, I'd like to know why they did it. Yep. I'd like to know what their why is or how they do it. Or do you have a, a tip for me that can, you know, make life a little bit easier on, on your, you know, the experience you've had? Maybe you could tell me, you know. Well, well, that's what I like about your, your podcast, because you have high-end people. Your guests are high-end people. But the message is for everyone. Uh, they just have a different story to tell. But, you know, they're just letting people know that, you know, there's a, there's a creative part in you. And the things that they discuss on your podcast are lessons that everyday person could could embrace and learn from. And I think that's that's what makes it so uh, in in 
people get involved in it. You're, you're listening to these people that you that you respect and they're, they're famous and they're the, the best in their game. And um, if, if people can listen to that and have takeaways, and and I think that's where the big spark is with with uh, your podcast. Oh, thanks. You know, fame is not the, my top priority. It's are they a creative person? Do they have a creative discipline? It, it so don't, happens they are, though. <laughs> well, some of them are, yeah, yeah, no doubt. But it's interesting. It's a very eclectic guest list. So sometimes you go, I never heard of that person. Oh, they're working into artificial intelligence. Or this person does this strange thing. And I kind of get excited the less I know about a person because there's so much, aha, it's sort of being introduced at a cocktail yep. party to somebody go, hey, this is my cool friend. The guy I mentioned about the dinosaurs, his name's Gary Staub. And he's a paleo artist. And so he works in this medium, 52-foot shark that he's making or a mammoth that he's putting into a science and history museum. And I don't know the first thing about any of it. But but the idea of whether you uh, feel like you have some kind of a, that you're a fraud, all of those things, doesn't matter if you're a songwriter or a playwright or a speaker or somebody along the way, even a life coach questions their own life. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. There's parts about that that is totally transferable. And when you talk about the regular person, to me, the highest compliment in the um, in the reviews on Apple Podcasts and things are people who say, I didn't think I was a creative person. But listening to this, I realize that I do a lot of things creatively, even in my business or as an accountant. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. And they, But yeah. they feel like they found a tribe because maybe their family doesn't support their creativity or... Maybe they gave up something. They played the guitar or they were a poet when they were younger and they thought, this is frivolous. And they realized, oh, I can do that as well. I can make an appointment with myself on the weekend and write a song. And I'll tell you what, nothing expressing yourself is the greatest thing you can do in whatever form that expression comes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's why I am I do what I do. Uh, so you have something within you and, and you you have to let it out. And, and when you're letting it out, knowing that somehow you're a spark that might be able to ignite change in someone's life, uh, that just puts it in a totally different perspective. And, you know, at the at the end of the show, you just walk away and say, well, you know what? You just feel this release of I let it out, that yeah. stuff that's in you. You're letting it out. And it's so important. But not to mention we're entertainers, so you have to let it out. And today I've always said we live in the United States of entertainment. Right. And. Right. Yeah, yeah. But and it is like, interesting, too, that sometimes people reserve, they hold it back, they want to save their creativity for, you know, when they go to the group meeting or whatever reason. And yeah. and I think uh, Maya Angelou said that you can't use up creativity. You know, the more you use, the more you have. So the idea is take the risks, express yourself in this creative way. You know, it's there's so many different approaches or, or definitions of that. You know, Steve Jobs just said that creativity was connecting things that that's all he saw it as a way of connecting things. Right. And Einstein talked about creativity um, is just intelligence having fun. So if that aspect of fun is, is where the joy comes in the smallest thing. Yeah. And, and you said the right word, you see fun. And, and that's what it's about. Cause I knew what the, what this segment was going to be about this particular show, you know, about enjoying the process and igniting that passion and enthusiasm, which is why I, I, I'm glad you're, you are on the show and you're able to say yes, and you can do it. Um, so, so you agree then that it's a, a big spark to release your creativity is to really enjoy the process. 
Yeah, I also the process is the thing, you know, yeah. it, it it because in the end the final result or the final painting or the final book sits on the shelf and it's great to have a piece of legacy. But the journey along the way and it's sometimes struggle, right? It's a courage takes courage to face a blank page or to start a new project, but it's you you if you've ever written one book, the second book's just as hard, right? The second album is just as hard. What you yeah. have to start to do is give yourself permission to like go along on the ride because you can't do it's not perfect it's about finding it in the failure it's about finding where does the where does the stream flow to like what's the natural order of this thing i mean you know you can you can crank out corporate art or some other thing in a way by the numbers Uh, it doesn't give you the same joy as like just diving into the deep end of the pool and and learning as you go now that that to me is but every every step of playwriting or podcasting or whatever was just making a commitment, just saying, "All right, this is a learning curve. We're not, we're going to suck in the beginning. We'll learn as we go. We'll start to enjoy it. We'll get better at it, and then maybe we can figure out what it is." It's the journey towards the goal. It's it's the process, and and it's your choice as to whether you want to enjoy it or not. But the thing is, Pat, I find people because of what I do, I'm so I'm so in tune with people. Uh, I'll give you an example. There was I was at my favorite Italian restaurant a few days ago. Uh, I'll give it a plug, Francesco's. It's a great place, and I and I have some. I've gotten to know some people there who are, who are considered friends, and the person's talking to me that they're moving into their new house, and they're complaining about everything. And then the 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 closing line was, "I just can't wait. I'll be happy." when the whole process of moving the furniture in is over with and then I can enjoy the house and I'm going, are you serious? Did you hear what you just said? Yeah. The, the, the process towards the house, that journey towards the house of moving the furniture in is where you should be enjoying your life. You're telling yourself that you're not going to be happy until it's exactly the way that you want. Right. I think my analogy is that people approach it like they're cracking a safe, right? They want to get all the combination just right. Once I get a good relationship, good once I find the right job, once I and they think the tumblers are all going to drop in and they're going to open it, there's going to be a big pot of happiness in there. And you know, I'm here to tell you that w- no matter what happens to you every day, whether you're having a divorce or you're changing something or your job gets lost, it's your choice. Your attitude and your mindset is to ha- to be happy along the way until it happens. And you know, I I put a a a phrase in a, a musical that I wrote, which was called Grounded for Life, about a guy being stuck in his bedroom his whole life. And um, really, the upshot of it, when he had a, he had an exchange with death, death ended up in a cloud of smoke coming into the room, and he asked death what the key to happiness was. And death, death says it's good news, bad news. Uh, the bad news is that there's no key to happiness. But the good news is that it's not locked. And that's the thing is that we are the warden of our own prison, right? Yep. So I'm not saying that you can skip down the street like a lunatic. Uh, you can. It, it, if you don't care how people think of you, you can do that. But but I am saying finding a way, whatever the terrible task of the day is, or sitting in the carpool lane or doing the whatever it is, find the joy in the moment. It's, if, it's a very simple philosophy, yep. but... I, do, I just don't think happiness is waiting around the corner. Typically, people chase happiness 
which it, it it's it's actually the closer you get to home is where happiness is, right? Internally looking inward and saying, what can I enjoy about this moment or this conversation or this person? That That's everything. Because yeah. it's yep. not about money. It's at the end of your life when you know, barely you're hanging on to the last part of your health. It's just those people around you which give you a certain amount of uh, joy and happiness. So why are you pushing them away to chase all this other stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like in everything, are you going to build something up or are you going to tear it down, right? If we're going to do something together, is this going to be beneficial to our friendship or relationship or is it going to be detrimental? Am I going to say no? Am I going to? And that's kind of a negative and positive approach to things. But the middle, there's nothing in the middle of sitting around. Neutral doesn't do anything. We did that. And we staved off a little bit of it with, with binge watching television and doing other But at some point, you decided, oh, I'm going to learn to cook because I'm at home more. I'm going to learn this, whatever. And I love that. I love when people are like showing pictures of their sourdough bread or their pickles as if this was some breakthrough yeah. in humanity, which the pioneers did and everyone else. But what it did was it took them off technology, gave them control of something. And yep. at the end, they have jam. And when they have jam and they can give it to their neighbor and jam makes joy, I guess that's my new, you know, fundraiser. But but whatever it is. Absolutely. And I don't well, know. I often don't know what I'm doing. I mean, admittedly, I just do it for the fun of it. I have, I have a, um, you know, a lot of companies have like a motto or something. And mine for a long time was fun funny and favorable. It seems very small and frivolous, right? But if it's not fun, I'm not going to enjoy it or the people who work for me aren't going to enjoy it. In my life, we're in the funny business, right? So we call ourselves your humor resources department. And it's very intentional that we're your humor resources department. It's not for me. It's for you. Like if your company needs messaging or advertising or a corporate commercial, whatever, we're going to do that. We're going to make it funny for you and memorable, right? And favorable was the key to the business side of it. If it's not favorable, if somebody's negotiating and it stinks or they treat us bad or they're not going to, you know, be friendly in it, it's just say no up front. Don't to, to be tortured and complain about it and say these guys were a pain in the ass. You knew they were a pain in the ass in that first phone call when they, when they said, you know, we need to do it for half the price and deliver it tonight and whatever. It's like, no, thank you. You're calling me, right? So I don't need to, you don't need to give me the terms. It's just not favorable to us. I mean, it's an easy way to also step away from it, to say, thank you. I don't think we're a match. You know, we all want everything, but I think take the things that make your life a little bit easier. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Stephen Wright said, uh, uh, you know, if you can't have everything because where would you put it? Right. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but, but, but I think that mindset of, because uh, I hear people say, you know, uh, I, I, I'm going to a job that I don't like or I have to face the day again. I think the mindset to enjoy yourself starts as soon as you open up your eyes to greet the day. You take your attitude when you wake up and you don't even realize it. And if you're focusing on what isn't working and all the things that are going wrong in your life, if you're focusing on the grueling day that you had the day before and all the fires that won't put out and the irate people that you had to deal with, you will take that with you that morning. So I, I suggest to people that when they wake up in the morning before they take the covers off, shift your focus and your way of thinking to what is working, uh, to bless the things that life has given you, to, to hold on to the things that you're grateful for, and don't take the covers off until you focus on that stuff. 
And it, it sounds like a Pollyanna point of, uh, of view, but it's so incredibly empowering because the more you do that, the more you're conditioning your subconscious that runs 97% of your life to focus on the stuff that juices you instead of the, the crap, the shit that's depleting your energy. Yeah. And, and you, attract, very- you attract that energy, I'll tell you what. You, we all know when, when you have, and this happens, when the world spins in an w- axis where you get in a car wreck and then something horrible happens and then the next thing happens and then it, it, it definitely, you almost have to put yourself on a timeout during a day like that because you're going to carry that into the next thing. And I, 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 it's almost like golf, a bad golf shot. If you don't step away from it and start with a fresh golf shot, it just keeps getting worse. You end up whacking it out in the woods, right? Yeah. But, but you can't play 18 holes like that. Every time you hit a shitty shot, which happens all the time in golf, you have to be able to reposition yourself, center it and say, oh, how can I improve this? Okay, I'm going to pick a new club. I'm going to shoot a different distance. I'm going to get it out in the fairway. I'm going to each putt a little bit closer, right? And you, you, you're setting out to to succeed in some way. And I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Not just the beginning of the day. Every day is a page turn. So if you have the worst day and you've been a, you know, you didn't think you did your best parenting or your best work, then commit yourself to the next day to make a better percentage out of that, you know, find a new way to do it. But I do find that it's, it, and again, this probably sounds like some kind of hallmark thing, but being in service of others is always a more rewarding thing than being in service of self, you know, which means how can I get more out of it? Isn't the same as how can I bring more to it for other people? Yeah. It just feels it's it's just a, a a more generous way of living. Yeah, no, yeah, I I get that, I get that. Why don't you um right now because we're, we're we're winding down to the to the show here. Um, tell tell the people about your podcast, who you're going to have as your next guest, and how they can get to it. And uh, and I know, folks, when you tune into his podcast, you're going to love it. You're going to get hooked on it. So just let them let them know, Pat. How they can. sure? I thank you for that. I, again, I'm very proud of it. I think we've had we've had a lot of people investing time as guests. Um, I talked to Jerry Seinfeld in one episode. I talked. There's comics. There's writers. There's authors. Uh, Susan Stroman, who was the director and choreographer of the producers on Broadway, and just cool people, rappers, uh, yeah. managers. You can see some of the the people that uh, Bruce is sharing with you there. Karen Olivo was the original um, Vanessa in In the Heights on Broadway with Lin-Manuel Miranda. And then she went on to win a Tony for West Side Story and was the star of Moulin Rouge before the pandemic. So I don't, most of these people I didn't know personally. Uh, I might have worked with some people on a project and they were willing to do it. But it's gotten to be where we're talking to just as many eclectic sorts of people. It's available on all the podcasts if you're an Apple person or Spotify or iHeart, just about anywhere, whatever they say, where the kids are getting their podcasts out of a back of a van or whatever, um, you can find it there. And then our website, which shows you the guest list, creativityandcaptivity.fun, has a has Love that. A, the list not available on 8-track. I, uh, that's, those were <laughs> a couple of things I decided not to, not to do. But <laughs> Pat Hazel, thank you. Thank you so much for... Uh, for uh, taking time out to be on the show. Hey, I'm talking there. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I wish you the best. Uh, you gave some great insight to people, and I, I know they enjoyed it. I'm going to get some oh, wonderful feedback. So. Rizzo, I thank you so much for 
one, shining a light on it, but also just what you do out there and, and keeping people positive and staying away from the fear of living in the shadow of the future. Uh, it's really, really important. I think that people kind of take it a day at a time. Anyway, I, I appreciate you, pal. I appreciate you too, my friend. And uh, Pat Hazel, I just want to thank you so much again for being on the show. I really, I really do appreciate it. This is the this is where it counts, right? Just a little bit of camaraderie and a little bit of uh, cheerleading and boosting each other up as we go. Yeah, um, it's fun. Yeah, I, I'm happy to be a guest here, even if I'm the what do you call it, canary in the coal mine? You know. <laughs> 